This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. New Bedford has a housing crisis. It's one of the people who is working on that issue is Josh Amaral, New Bedford's Director of Housing and Community Development. His job is to help others create more housing opportunities in New Bedford. Josh is with us today, and it's good to see you again, Josh. Good to see you, Jim. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on this appointment. I know I'm about a year late, but... Congratulations. Time has flown, so it doesn't feel that late yeah, to me. Is it, is it about a year? Yeah. it was. Uh, I started on December 12th of last year, and uh, it's been a blur since then. We've, sure. we've got our work cut out for us, and we're getting after it. Uh, Josh, how would you describe the job? There are two parts to it, really. It's housing, and it's community development. Community development, um, we're not, we don't have as much money coming in from the federal government as we did on the 70s or 80s. But uh, that three million or so is being put to good use. We're going to talk about that. So, talk about the both parts of the job. How much time do you spend doing housing and CD work? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question, Jim. I mean, you know, it ebbs and flows. Some weeks are really heavy on housing, meeting with housing developers, overseeing some of the housing developments uh, that are active uh, in the city. Some weeks are more focused on the community development side of things. We have a really great team. Uh, we have deputy directors that oversee community development and housing, so um, they're able to carry forward the, the day-to-day work. But uh, it's a great job where I show up every day and work on really good community stuff. Uh, so one day maybe, you know, figuring out the funding sources necessary and the financing to get 200 apartments built. The next day we might be talking about, say, Ashley Park, which is a park renovation project we're undertaking with community development block grant funds. And uh, it's starting to look really, really great. So we're excited for that to open up this spring. Um, so we, we really run the gamut from, uh, you know, nonprofit programs that we support, kids, summer camps, uh, programs to help folks that are, uh, you know, in need of health services or senior citizens at the senior center. Um, and then there's this whole other side of what we do, which is really produce affordable housing and facilitate housing development to meet this critical shortage we have. Well, let's talk about housing. New Bedford needs a lot more of it, and uh, much of it needs to be affordable how is your office working in that direction? So last spring, uh, in conjunction with uh, the in Mitchell administration, um, we launched a plan called Building New Bedford. We recognize that New Bedford is experiencing this housing shortage, which is causing prices to rise. This is the same as virtually every, every other community in Massachusetts, if not the entirety of the Northeast. Uh, we're recording this uh, just the day after the governor gave her State of the Commonwealth speech where she really highlighted the the 200,000 unit shortage that we have as a state. And then in New Bedford, we know, you know, some some number likely in the in the uh, couple thousand range uh, uh, of units that we need to produce. Uh, it's challenging to produce housing here because um, unlike the Boston area, um, the the construction costs are about the same as doing a development in Boston but the rents here are far lower than Boston. So while the rents are um, out of reach for too many of our own local residents or they're getting to that point, uh, they still pale in comparison to what they are in other places. So developers that do projects in, say, Boston or Quincy or up that way, where you know the financing for those, they might be renting those units out for three or $4,000 a month. Those might be $1,300, $1,600 a month in New Bedford. And so uh, oftentimes developers are choosing to do the projects there rather than here. So we have to hustle, uh, you know, twice as hard uh, to figure out 
how we can make the financing on these on these deals work, how we can get them constructed, and how we build our own sort of ecosystem and pipeline of developers. And so um, building New Bedford, the plan that we launched has a few main areas, facilitating new housing production across income levels, uh, making use of our existing housing stock and space. We talk about looking at vacant buildings in the area and figuring out how we can convert those to housing. That's often much quicker than ground up new housing construction. Uh, promoting home ownership and independent living, just as important as keeping people where they are. A senior wants to stay in their home, but they need some home modifications or uh, a local resident wants to go from being a renter to becoming a homeowner. We want them to have that path. In so doing, they will free up the unit that they were renting for someone else to move in. So that's just as important. Uh, updating our regulatory framework is another key. Uh, this is not stuff that gets people really excited, maybe other than me and a few other folks in the city, but housing development really falls back on having the appropriate zoning regulations in place. You need your right ordinances that govern uh, the planning and the government approval process for these projects without that being fairly streamlined for developers and for people looking to build, they opt to go to places where it's easier to develop. So if our rules make it difficult to build multifamily housing in New Bedford, um, we're, we're doing a disservice to the goals of our program here. Um, we want to establish a regional approach on housing issues. When you talk about zoning challenges, a lot of the towns that surround New Bedford are um, their rules are not often set up for multifamily housing development. And we know that this is a statewide problem. It's certainly a regional issue. And uh, the towns around us have a role to play in developing multifamily housing as well. So, um, you know, we want to lead the way in that. We want to lead by example and do our work. But we also want to help the towns uh, to the degree that we can in terms of, you know, lending technical capacity, you know, talking about the different strategies that we're employing and uh, getting everybody on the same page so we can tackle Let this Let me problem. interrupt for a moment. Are, yeah. are, are the towns actually reaching out, looking for that information? We've had some... Uh, historically, they have not. Yeah, no, we've had some productive conversations with the towns. I think there's a lot more work to be done in that area. You know, we, we recognize, like, you know, let's say our region, just spitballing, let's say our region's short uh, 5,000 housing units. We recognize that New Bedford might be on the path to developing 1,000, 2,000 or so on. Uh, but we have very little buildable land, right? The city's largely built out. The towns around us have much more land uh, that could be built for housing. And in some cases, the market conditions favor that. But uh, historically, towns, and you see this, again, all throughout the Commonwealth, have been a little hesitant. They worry that uh, by building multifamily housing, you might um, increase your school population to a degree that's untenable. You might change the character of a town by uh, inviting in new families. Uh, we don't We don't put a lot of credence into that. I think, you know, Often those fears are unfounded or can be worked through or projected uh, out a little differently. So uh, we want to help with that. Uh, we see everybody has a role to play in this process. And so there's ways to help alleviate the issues. What we see in the towns are families who complain uh, that their you know, children went away to college and they graduated and they want to come back and move to town, but there's nowhere to live. There's no apartment housing. And then a single family home is half a million dollars or more and no one coming out of school can, can afford that. Uh, and likewise, seniors who may own you know, fairly large single family houses want to downsize, but stay in their town and they don't have options to do so because again, no, no senior housing, no apartment housing. Um, so it's difficult to do that. You get kind of trapped in this like large house. So having these housing options for everybody is, is really the point. And I think what we, you know, really try to underscore in our plan is that, you know, we need to produce more housing of all types at all income levels and all different forms and fashions and do it in a way that makes sense for, for our individual local context. So what projects are in the hopper in New Bedford right now? What uh, is there new construction going on in New Bedford? I know there's some. Yep. Yeah, we, we just uh, cut the ribbon about a week and a half ago on the old Holy Family High School. 
Uh, it's 15 units, so it's a relatively modest project, but uh, we're excited to see that one from start to finish. Um, if you drive up and down Union Street, you'll notice a few projects. One's right at the end. It's called 18 in Union. Uh, it's on the corner of you know Route 18 and Union Street. Uh, that one's going to be 28 new apartments, and we're really excited about that project. Where's the... Uh, uh, tell me where that is. It's right on the corner of Route 18 and Union at the bottom. Um, it's uh, where the National Club was Yes, uh, on that block. So uh, going from, from that block over to the next uh, side street is going to be a, a, a beautiful complex. It's coming along, and I, I think is anticipated to be finished in the next couple months. Um, going up Union Street a little further, there's going to be 45 new units at 117 Union. That's the corner of uh, I think it's Cushion Avenue and, and Union Street, or 2nd Street and Union Street. Uh, and that one's uh, the South Coast Development Corporation. We're excited about that project. And then uh, continuing to go west uh, up on Upper Union Street, uh, there's a project there. Uh, 10 at 8th is what it's called, and that's going to be 53 apartments there. So we're excited to see that project through. And then in, in the meantime, you know, there are another 150 or so Prog uh, units that are in progress at various sites. We have another 150 after that that are permitted, but maybe haven't broken ground yet. Mm -hmm. And then I would say another 300 or so that are not really to that stage yet of being permitted, but they're in sort of the pipeline for development. And we're open for business. So we're always looking to talk to developers about their ideas, about sites that may work for housing development, mm -hmm. um, what the planning process is, what might work, what the city wants to see, and trying to walk people through that process to make it as easy as possible. So, I mean, uh, the numbers you, you've just uh, told us about, I mean, that, that's encouraging. You've got some projects that are working. And uh, are they all because of the Build New Bedford plan? Or, in, in other words, did, did, did they start, did the impetus for most of them start with the Build New Bedford? I would say the ones that are in progress now, those first ones I mentioned, were predate our plan, okay. you know, in some ways significantly. Um, the planning process for some of these new construction or, or complicated renovations is often in, in multiple years. Uh, so as much as I'd love to take credit for those, I mean, you know, I think our team deserves some credit for seeing them through to completion. But uh, the idea for those really is, and I think the credit should go to those developers. Uh, the city has also committed significant funds, both from our office in terms of home, uh, but as well as uh, ARPA funds that came to the city sure. to making sure those projects are viable. The 300 or so that I say are entering the pipeline and sort of becoming permitted, I think, are largely attributable to the to the plan. Um, many of these are from developers that we had not previously engaged with, uh, had not pre previously engaged with us here in the city, and uh, are often in in sites and places that we had not really conceived of as housing development sites. So we're looking forward to getting those rolling and continuing to demonstrate success. I do think, Jim, it's it's something that uh, there'll be some some sort of snowball effect. Every project we do with a new developer who brings in a new contractor, who brings in a new uh, team of sub-tradesmen, uh, tr sub uh, those projects tend to, you know, the word is out, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's good to do business in New Bedford. It's, uh, it's a nice place to work. And um, some of those tradesmen on projects look for their own work to do. Uh, and so I think you build a nice little ecosystem and, and we'll hopefully um, have some exponential effects. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is Josh Amaral. Director of Housing and Community Development for the City of New Bedford. These projects you've just told us about, affordable housing, a part of them affordable housing? Give me an idea. Yes, so the projects that are in, in progress now, and then many of those that are permitted, I would say about two-thirds, maybe a little bit more of those, are income-restricted units. So what that means typically is... Um, 
the only folks that qualify to live in them are those who have uh, their income, their household income is uh, below 60% of the area median income. And then the rents for those units are sort of capped at a number that is deemed affordable okay, so, to them. So they're addressing some of this, these affordable housing issues. Yeah, we go beyond that, though, too. And, and we argue that there's a need for market rate housing as well. So, you know, I, I worry specifically about folks who, and there are a lot of people in this category in Greater New Bedford, who make a little bit more than 60% of the area median income, and they're having just as hard a time finding, finding homes. Um, we have to make sure we're developing for all, uh, all places on the income spectrum. Uh, you know, in some cases, you know, I think of an example of like a young professional, uh, maybe born and raised in New Bedford, uh, they have the choice, they just graduated college, say, and they have the choice of renting a double parlor, 1,200 square foot unit uh, tenement apartment. And we have many of those. That was my first apartment was something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or would they prefer a, a one bedroom in a newly renovated building with you know new appliances and, and all that? Um, I think younger professionals might prefer the latter unit. Um, but if we don't provide those options to folks, they end up competing with families who need the family style unit. Yep. So really, I think anywhere we can make an impact, we, we want to do that. And we want to make sure we have options for, for everybody. We keep hearing there isn't enough vacant land in New Bedford to build housing. Um, now we know there's not a lot, but you've rattled off a few projects. That land was found. Yeah, we have, we've had more success with um, renovations of buildings or what they call adaptive reuse, taking an old church building, an old school building, and uh, figuring out how we can reconfigure that into, into housing. Um, you know, if you drive around the city, it's, it's, you, know, you don't see a lot of like multi-acre sites that you could develop. And then some of the ones that you do are probably better situated for commercial development of some kind. Sure. Uh, but old mills have been very successful for us over the last, you know, couple decades. Any in terms mills of housing left? Development. There's a few out there. There's a few out there. I think there's a reason they weren't addressed sooner, right? Uh, and many of these buildings are over 100 years old. And so the ones that are salvageable and can be used for housing development, we want to we wanna put them into motion because that's where you might get bigger bites at the apple. While we're happy with a 15-unit project or a 50-unit project, we'd love to see more 200-unit projects as well. All right. Um, Josh, uh, Governor Healy voted a significant portion of her State of the State speech, you referenced it, uh, to the housing issue. Cornerstone of her plan is uh, a proposal for a transfer fee, and that is a tax, a taxing higher-dollar real estate sales more than a million to raise money to build affordable housing in Massachusetts. Uh, lots of pros and cons. Uh, developers hate it. And uh, property owners, I think, hate it, maybe more so than developers. Um, but uh, And uh, the legislature uh, has been lukewarm to that idea. What do you think of the idea? So we haven't taken a position on, on that proposal as a city. Um, one of the things, you know, I mentioned is the economics of developing housing in New Bedford or greater New Bedford specifically is already pretty challenging for a developer. So uh, we see construction costs that are between four hundred and six hundred thousand dollars per unit. Uh, and then the actual value of what those units produce in terms of rents or, or, and so on and so forth, they're often less. So developers look at those projects and go, you know, this doesn't make economic sense for me to do unless I can take advantage of. Uh, certain subsidy programs or tax breaks or things like that to to get those projects rolling. Um, so we would be hesitant, I think, on anything that would make that even even tougher. However, um, there are several 
several items in Governor Healy's housing bond bill that we're excited about. Uh, one is the creation of a mo momentum fund, which is the Commonwealth, in effect, lending or taking ownership stake in uh, housing developments at lower interest rates than banks have typically offered. There's some programs in there to develop uh, moderate income housing and, and market rate housing in some cases in gateway cities mm -hmm. that we think are helpful. We have a, a, a growing vacant property uh, initiative, as, as I mentioned, and there's some funds through that uh, as well that would help us. So there's a few different um, buckets of, of funding and programming created in the governor's bond bill that we would uh, wholeheartedly support and endorse, and we want to see those come to fruition. Have you set a goal for the number of housing units you'd like to see by, I don't know, 2026? We haven't yet. I think it's something of a moving target. One of the things we've we've looked into studying is the exact gap in units. Uh, it's a tough thing to get a real handle on, especially regionally. So while it's easy maybe or easier for the state to say based on population trends that we're 200,000 units short, it's harder to do that on a micro local level. Mm -hmm. um, right now, our approach has been let's add units wherever we can, however we can. And so, you know, we've pursued that pretty doggedly. Uh, I think we've had some good early returns, but we'd like to see that number uh, of units in the pipeline grow in future years. My guest has been Josh Amaral, New Bedford's Director of Housing and Community Development. Thanks, Josh, for coming in and giving us a kind of an overlay of what's happening in New Bedford. It sounds promising. Uh, you've been on the job now for about a year. Uh, there is a lot of heavy lifting to this job, especially in the housing end. So good luck. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Don't go away. More of Town Square Sunday coming your way in just a moment.